0: You are listening to And If Love Remains, a unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Yes, Rachel, you are listening to And If Love Remains, and this is indeed your host, Mike Levitt. And I'm here with a special guest, Jack C. Ross. Welcome to the show, Jack. Glad you could be here today. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, coming
1: out from uh, a uh, timely period of uh, reflection. It's been a long time since I've been on the air. And, I uh, had a radio program many years ago. So uh, good to be back. Yeah. And thanks for inviting me here
0: today. My pleasure. My yep. pleasure. Well, talk talk to me real quick before um we get into current events and things going on now. Talk a little bit about your, your previous show. What did you do and, and your history with that?
1: Well, yeah, my show came about very interesting. Um, I had no intentions, actually, at the time of creating a radio program, but uh, so one thing led to another, as they say. Um, The fascinating beginning of the story was I got a phone call one day from a brand new radio network, not a radio station, and this was back in the mid-90s, and they uh, were creating what they called an alternative media format. And, uh, so anyway, uh, this gentleman who at the time, I believe was like the general manager called me up and said, do you want to do a radio show? And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I've never (laughs) done a radio (laughs) show. And so, um, one thing led to another and he's like, well, we got our primetime guys money through Friday or ladies. Uh, you know, we're looking for people to fill in and, uh, we've got spots in the evening weekends. And so, uh. The fascinating thing at that time, I actually had a business partner and uh, we were providing uh, some basically products and services. So I approached my partner and said, hey, this would be a great avenue. Let's do an infomercial for 30 minutes, you know, marketing our products and services. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, it was a real challenge and it only lasted a few months and we disbanded that because... They were basically, this radio network was in the uh, process of acquisition of acquiring. Their goal at that time, I understand, was to acquire 50 to 60 stations in major markets through either complete acquisition or leasing. And so when you have, unfortunately, this type of programming, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but this alternative programming, they, uh, you know, it's takes time to build up that listening audience right and so you know it's one of those things um i i quickly figured out you know if you have alternative talk radio and it was formerly you know hard rock you know whatever it was gospel radio it takes quite a long time to build the audience but the good thing was they were thinking into the future so they actually were broadcasting on the internet i don't remember specifically all the details because at that point in time i was very ignorant on internet and computers um and then they also did a little bit of satellite transmission so i guess that was the early days of that oh wow Um, and they at that time i i don't recall exactly but i think they were on three to four radio stations um so you know that's how that came about. So what happened after a couple of months? This uh, infomercial program, we disbanded, and I went back to this GM and said, "Look, I'm done." He goes, "Oh, why don't you come back and do something else? What do you, you know? What are you interested in? Do you got any hobbies, you know, interests, etc." Um, so one thing led to another, and at that time, uh, I had spent about four years in some deep, serious research. Uh, and it was interesting because, uh, I'm a man that loves the truth. Now, of course, a lot of people talk about this. They say it's a perception of your truth. Uh, but I believe there's foundational truths, uh, bottom line, uh, you know, uh, uh, here's an example, uh, if somebody drowns in the water. Are you going to argue that they drowned in the water? Uh, you know, so, right. I mean, it's just, it's just pure nonsense. This, uh, you know misperception of truth, but uh, that's how it all started. And then uh, I had, you know, it was one of those things, I didn't decide suddenly like, oh, let me join these organizations or groups that are alternative thinkers. But, uh, you know, I guess the best way to put it is I was always a little bit of out of the box thinker. Uh, So after doing this research for four years, And this gentleman came back to me and said, hey, why don't you do something you're interested in? I started to expose these things. And in simple terms, what it was, was I went back about 100 years in American history, which would be the late 1800s that time, uh, and just really discovered a lot of things that information had been suppressed, covered up, uh, and just like all things as we know today in this world, massive propaganda. I mean, it started, you know, thousands of years ago, but uh, exponentially, of course, that today has grown to. It's crazy what we see today. But yeah. So anyway, I uh, I just decided to start exposing this and bring on very interesting guests. So it was a one-hour program. Uh, so the format was basically: it's the first thirty minutes we. Uh, discuss this individual's latest book or uh information and research so a little history and background on these folks i brought on my show um and then the last 30 minutes was a a q a so we had people actually call in not a lot of callers of course because we didn't have huge exposure at that time but uh it was definitely exciting uh So what happened, this is how it worked on my research and how I decided to bring somebody onto my show. It's very particular, very selective. And so I would find usually three people uh, that had done research in uh, a particular arena or topic. And then out of those three, I would decide, hey, this is definitely the one I want on my show. And so I would actually pre-interview them Uh, And a lot of these guests found this interesting because they said they were invited to many radio shows over the years, but they had never been pre-interviewed. And I'm like, man, I got to know who you are before I bring you on my show. Right. You know, I mean, you got a great book. You got a great documentary video, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, And I was fortunate and blessed. uh, One of the things that occurred Uh, during my research years leading up to the radio program was uh, I met two key individuals that and and it's kind of interesting one of these individuals I met out in the western part of the United States I never met him in person I was introduced to him spoke to him on the phone and he says to me, "Yeah, I've got five thousand plus guests to bring on your show." I'm like, "Look, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in all that." <laughs> uh, but he was a great contact. So he asked me, uh, he said, well, "What kind of people do you want on your show? What do you want to talk about?" So we really narrowed it down, and uh, he, uh, he, he, he had some fascinating, uh, you know, people. Uh, and one, one of the interesting things, I'll just say this: I had. And I don't remember because it's very long ago now, we're going back, you know, 25 plus years. But he kept bugging me about this lady. And this particular woman had uh, her own women's publication at the time. Again, I don't remember what that was called. Um, Very successful. Um, She was also a journalist and a writer. And so I'm just going to share, Mike, real quick, this story, if I may. Um, yeah, sure. So what happened was he he must have asked me, I'm not kidding you, five or six times. Man, you've got to have this lady. you got to bring her on your show. She's very interesting. So I said, okay. So finally I brought her on. Um, and what happened was, and, you know, Mike, people can, whatever you want to do, believe this story or not. Uh, maybe don't believe in dreams and visions But what happened was, so when I had her on, she told me she had this dear close friend of hers, call her up one time and said, Hey, you know, you've got to go to this next global meeting. And this was of course back, I believe in the early nineties. And, uh, so this was one of these big, uh, you know, well-publicized UN meetings. And of course, they have them at different locations. They're not all in New York. But she's like, you got to go to this world meeting. I had a vision. I had a dream. And you need to find out. She's like, I'm not going to this meeting. You're crazy. I, I have no interest in going to such an event. She's like, look, I'm telling you, I don't know what the reason is, but you need to go. And you need to find out what's going on came back from this meeting and called her friends oh my gosh i can't believe you talked me into this it was a complete waste of time that's just ridiculous so how does this proceed her friend gets another vision calls her back and says look i i know you're not gonna like this but i got another vision there's absolutely a reason you need to go to the next world you know un meeting and she goes i don't know exactly what it's all about and what You know what you're going to discover but there's something there uh and i wish i could tell you more guy, you're crazy i'm not going to this meeting i can't (laughs) believe you convinced me the last time (laughs) so anyway she uh, ended up going and uh somehow her friend you know convinced her to go back and second time around she calls friends she's like this is insanity i cannot believe you actually convinced me two times to go to these world un meetings I mean, it's just it's just staggering. I, it's just, I, I'm wasting my time. She goes, hmm. So this proceeds down the road. I guess I don't know exactly what the timeline was. And I assume this is over a several year period. Right. <clears throat> and her friend calls her in the middle of the night and says, I just, I just woke up from this unbelievable vision and dream. She goes. You're going to have to go back to the next world meeting, at the UN. And she goes. And I know this. And I promise you, you will discover why it is you need to be there and what you're going to learn. And she's like, "You're you're just crazy. I know, <laughs> I mean, there's just no way you're convincing me of this." So somehow she did, and she went. And so Mike, the reason I'm bringing this story up because it kind of you know, goes back to how my show and what it was kind of about the substance and foundation. And that was that she discovered that they speak in a secret language. So what do I mean by this? So, you know, of course, the media is there. And the UN has their, you know, headlines and, you know, whatever it is, their key subjects or topics they are going to be speaking of. But she discovered that they speak in these misguided terms, if you will, intentionally. So you really do not know or understand what's going on in the world and what the agenda is of, you know, in general, you know, people call it the new world order, UN, IMF, and the list
0: goes on. So let me make sure I understand what you're saying. When you say they're speaking in a secret language, what you really mean is, or, or what I hear you saying when you describe that is that I mean they're speaking in English, yep. but they're using terms and such that that either obfuscate or completely flip the meaning of what they're saying.
1: Well, in essence, yeah. So I'll give you another example. You know, uh, we have common law, which is fantastic. Common man can understand it. Then we have this thing called, you know law or you know legal you know uh corporate law or corporate law right um and so interesting thing about the code of law is the code means secret And, and and think about this if you ever have um read read you know um submissions of trial documents. You're like, man, I, this stuff's so gibberish. How, how do I even understand and comprehend it? Well, this is because the lawyers in colleges are taught how to understand the code of law. And it, it, here's a simple example. And we'll go back to what we're talking about here in UN, but in their speech. So what I mean by this is when you read a contract written by, let's say your lawyer, and let's say it's whatever, three or four pages long, maybe it's 10. And you read that and you say to the lawyer, can you please explain this to me? I don't understand any of what this is saying. It just doesn't make sense. And that's intentionally done because that's why they created this code of law. So you don't understand it. And you. Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the
0: old. You know Catholics, you know where they would say you, you you know you can't have this Bible in English because right you know you you you're unable to understand. Yep, uh, we you need the priest basically. You need an authority to explain to you what the Bible is saying.
1: Right, and yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Well, I don't get too sidetracked here, but you know the original versions were written in Latin. That's what they actually spoke, and so they didn't want to even translate translated to any other languages at that time. But so back to what I was saying. So. If you've seen a legal contract and you understand it, it's just like, it's like insanity. It's because it's not written in common law to decipher and understand it. And that's why you go back to your lawyer. What does line 12 mean and section B or whatever it is? So how's that relative back to the UN? Basically they're speaking in a coded language, intentionally designed. So you really do not understand the depth and meaning of what those meetings truly are about. So back to this lady who was doing this research and got had her on our program. She discovered many things that they're in basically the simple ways in secret in works and development. And of course, you know, you know, my, me Mike have spoke about this many times. This has been going on for a very long time. So this is nothing new, uh, unfortunately, um, and it's still going on today.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what propaganda is is it's it's, you know, putting something out there that is yeah. um, you know, either coded one way or the other, right. you know, so that so that we we get the intention of the elite. We get the intention of who the propagandist whoever that is, um, and not necessarily what it really is (laughs) well yeah it's obfuscating the truth and let's jump forward here
1: uh you know i admire what elon musk is doing because he's now revealed uh you know substantial evidence and cover-up uh of what the you know left-wing socialists were all about There, uh you know and in suppressing information removing right. information um so i would just say mike to the audience that's listening um you know you you can doubt and be a skeptic that's fine i i have no problem with that you know do your due diligence and research i always tell people michael that when people come to me and they to, oh you're one of those conspiracy theorists and you know on and on and you know whatever. Alex Jones is a lunatic, Uh, you know. Here's the bottom line, you know, whether you like Elon Musk or not, or Alex Jones and all these guys, you know, they're they're exposing things. They really are. And you can argue what their agendas are, uh, you know, and and you can disagree with them, uh, you know, on their position, you know, let's say whatever it is politics etc but the great thing is they are exposing information i had friends for years uh you know going back to alex jones it's like quick story this is back in in the 90s i actually approached alex jones he, he was in his early days just like me yeah to actually come on my radio program and uh so i spoke to you know whoever it was his you know manager booking manager and so uh it never happened Uh, I did finally get a phone call one day, but I had actually at this time ended my radio program. One of the reasons there was quite a few, but I I was actually moving and relocating. And, uh, I had been asked by another alternative network at the time, um, down in the Southern part of the United States to, uh, go back on the air and start doing my program. Uh, that never happened for quite a few reasons, but. She she called me one day and said, "Hey, Alex, ready? To come on your show." And I said, oh, "Sorry, I'm no longer on the air, but thank you for calling." So, uh, yeah, yeah, just just uh, you know, no, very interesting, fascinating I, guests I did have in the program at that time. I
0: think I think you make a great point though, as far as like you know, sometimes we look at people for their agenda. We look, you know, we look at people as as um, like this holistic thing. When when in reality, we have no idea. Like we're guessing just like anybody else. But what we can do is we can see what what they're actually doing and what is actually being shown. And you can say, okay, you know, I don't care, you know, who who cares about James O'Keefe and Project Veritas and, and MSNBC. Like who cares about all those people? You know, the the young Turks. I, I don't care. What I care about is what they're exposing, you know, what they're talking about and whether that is actually happening. Right. You know, and, and you can say, Well, um, it's it it's uh um you know what's credible or not well i hear you but when when the exposure is something like you know uh, twitter feeds or 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 um actual um you know uh, videotape that hasn't been changed like like you can't change those facts you know what i mean like sure like and 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 it's fine you can try to explain them like i would love for somebody to explain you know, some of the stuff that Project Veritas has exposed, like, please just explain it to me and I'll disregard it. But it's always an attack the messenger kind of a thing. And, and yeah. I don't buy that. Right. Yep. So. Um,
1: well, the thing is, and this, you know, what I was talking about earlier in my show. Um, you know, and this is the thing, Mike, I've discovered. Most people in general, and I understand this, aren't willing to actually do their due diligence and research. Um, you know, and for me, I've always been the kind of guy. I, I'm I'm not interested in having some one-hour marathon debate with you, right? Yeah. And and you know, you're showing me your evidence, and I'm showing you yours. I, I, that's just not me. I'm I'm not interested in that personally. But what I do say to people, when, you know, what do we call it, made fun of me, mock me about this stuff, is I'm like, look, just do your own research, and look if you've got something of interest, um, uh, you've discovered, um, you know, particularly writings, let me know, um, you know, I- I'm interested and I'll take a look at it. Uh, you know, I've got an open mind, uh, and, uh, that's the fascinating thing about this world. There's many things to research and learn. And, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, something that you need to continue doing uh, yeah. as time changes and evolves and, um, you know, uh, the reality is, you know, I may not like the things in the world today uh, in many aspects or respects, but, you know, uh, uh, I have a foundation uh, spiritually that's got me grounded and uh, I just try to stay focused and stay on track and uh, not be sidetracked. And one thing, i reason I bring this up, Mike, is because so many people believe today are just totally distracted by yeah. media. And it's almost to me uh, it's childish, you know. Unlike and, and I have friends of mine that are, you know, what do we would call it? Deep into politics, and you know, they're always saying, so, "Oh, you know, Washington's having these hearings, and it's another hearing." And I'm like, "Yeah, but nothing ever happens. It's a dog and pony show." Right. I'm like, "Stop wasting your time even paying attention to that nonsense, because nothing actually comes out of it." What am I talking about? There's no indictments. There's no. Criminal charges. Nobody's being prosecuted. Nobody's going to jail. Well, in simple terms, nobody is being held accountable. Now, there are rare circumstances, and you know, unfortunately, in most cases, it's just a you know scapegoat. So yeah. the actual
0: people at the top never get prosecuted. And that's the thing. We all know that. Like, it's not. It's not yeah. a big secret. We know. Who the actual instigators are, mm-hmm. and we also—it's not even a question. But obviously, you know, in our system of laws, you have to prove it. Right. Um, but I think you know, it doesn't change the fact. Like I, I these people, just because you can't prove that somebody um, did something illegal, doesn't mean that maybe they should, you know, be our senator or our congressman. <laughs> you know, well, like, yeah, there's a difference there. You know, and, and I, th- but unfortunately, the you know. And this is why I've I've come to believe that um, I'm not sure like we can we can um, you know this is gonna be, <laughs> here's some controversy on and if love remains I'm not sure if you can depend on um, you know the election system I'm not sure you could you could depend on democracy or re- republic or whatever whatever you want to call the system of government that we have whether you call it a, a a constitutional republic or a, or a democracy, I don't think we can trust it anymore because you can't trust the vote. You can't trust um, the people when they get into office, even if it was a f- uh, free and fair vote. Um, and and they're, they're painting so outside the constitutional lines that we I don't even know what the constitution means anymore. There, there is no limiting factor on any law organization or agency in the government anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's important, Mike, what you're talking about here is, you know, there's foundational truth. And that's, that is the amazing thing about our Constitution. You know, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, all these great documents, they're, they're just simple foundational truths um, and a wonderful guidance to live by and abide by um does that mean you're going to agree on everything i don't probably not that's okay but you know it's just like today you know people want to argue about this stuff and and i call it foundational truth and i'm like so you're saying let's just throw all the dictionaries out you know uh let's uh (coughs) throw out the uh you know proven science Uh, you know mathematical equations for engineering you know building stuff like uh, even rockets that go into space i mean it's it's uh it's it's amazing how delusional people are today i mean it's staggering yeah it really is They, they they don't even they don't even care anymore about the truth but you know mike we can get another discussion another time when it comes to you know, uh, socialism, fascism, communism, um, and you know, how, how these tactics and propaganda is being yeah. used today. I mean, well, it's
0: amazing. And I, I would like to get, get with that on you. Um, I, I want to ask you one more question and then, and then we're going to have to break it sure. off. But what is, um, what do you think in your opinion, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talk about a foundation of truth. Where does that foundation of truth come from? How, how can people find, um, how can how can is it yeah where does that foundation of truth come from in your opinion
1: well i think it comes from uh you know our creator um and uh our creator you know spoke this into scripture um and you know people could say oh you know i don't believe in all that and that's hey that's the great thing about our heavenly father he's given you a free will you can decide
0: to accept the truth or deny the truth. See, God is a volunteerist too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a, that's it's a what's voluntary a, organization. that's what's
1: amazing about his love for us. You know, he gave us a free will and uh, you know, he's not gonna control us. So uh yeah, but that's where the foundational truth comes from.
0: Um and I think it, if you lose that sight, that's where everything starts to fall apart. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It, it everything becomes relative, everything becomes Yep. Like there's there's no nothing rock solid to hold on to anymore. Right. Um, I'll just
1: tell a quick story. Um, I had it was many years ago now. Uh, I was given at uh, that time a cassette tape of a gentleman, um, and he was, I believe, he was a surveyor, an archaeologist, or something of that nature. And he was a, he was an atheist, and so he went to the Middle East for a year's mission to prove that everything recorded in Scripture. Uh, was inaccurate and wrong. Um, And so, and more specifically in the Old Testament, there's a lot of references there. Uh, So he was so frustrated, the accuracy, he invested another year, two years, trying to prove there was contradictions in the Bible, um, you know, in these references. And uh, so anyway, fascinating story. Uh, he decided to become, uh, you know, a follower of Yahshua, the Christ, yeah. the Messiah, the Redeemer, and uh, I'm not sure if he's actually born again as uh, Jesus tells us we must be. But uh, so anyway, interesting. Uh, wow. So what that really tells me, Mike, is this very quick because I know we're gonna wrap up here. But he at least was open-minded to do. Is research and due diligence which i said earlier it takes time and energy and if you're not willing to put that in and you're just going to believe all the nonsense and lying deceptive propaganda out there then you're going to be living in, unfortunately what i call a
0: delusional reality yeah yeah i think so too well jack c ross i i appreciate you being on the show this has been a lot of fun for me yeah we got to do it again you, pro- it. you promise you to come back on i will Awesome. For sure. Jack, thanks a lot. You are listening to And If Love Remains. You are listening to And If Love Remains. First of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. I'm trying to be in compliance here because taking him and that whole organization